Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. All right, what's up, everyone? What's up? Welcome back to The Sell Better Daily Show. We're going to get started in just a moment. Um, as you guys are jumping in, let us know where you're calling in from. I'm in Detroit, Michigan. Morgan, looks like you're back in Atlanta, right? Yeah, for, for, for you know. You know how it is. <laughs> for, yeah, for a minute. I'm here for, I'm here for a minute. So I'm here. I'm posted up. Awesome, man. Well, cool. Yeah, let us know where you guys are come, come, calling in from as you're coming into the chat. Uh, we're going to get started in just a moment. Excited for today's show. We're going to be doing creative prospecting using AI. So if you've been to some of these AI series shows, we've been talking primarily around how to build uh, like cold email content, how to do research, a lot of the typical prospecting stuff. And I think all that's super necessary and relevant. And that's most of the content you see around AI and sales. But today we wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and show you some unique tools, some different content methods. Obviously, Morgan's the best person to talk to about this when it comes to content. That's literally what his company does. Um, so I'm super excited to jump into it. Let's get right into some of the uh, the housekeeping items and then we'll get started. All right. So uh, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the founder over at Practical Prospecting. I'm here with Morgan Ingram. He is the chief edu... What is it again? Educational <laughs> officer? <laughs> Edutainment. Man. Edutainment. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Love it. I saw that. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Edu uh, edutational uh, and founder at AMP. I'll get that right. Um, want to say thank you to our partners, Apollo, Clay, Vidyard, and Wynn for making these shows possible. Again, Apollo, Vidyard, and Wynn for making these shows possible. Super cool to see Clay as a sponsor. We've been talking about that a lot in our AI shows. Uh, real quick from Vidyard, they actually have a new product drop. It's Vidyard Rooms. So essentially what it is, is it's a digital sales room to keep track of all of the important tasks, documents, and follow-ups in one location. And as a salesperson, it's super helpful because you can actually track the engagement of your buyers and keep everything in one place. So there's actually pre-access to their new product in the comments if you guys grab that link. Definitely check that out. Also, if you didn't know, this is obviously the uh, Sell Better Daily Show for a reason. We are doing this every single weekday. And if you go to the website, there's a bunch of free content, courses, and guides as well. So uh, today's agenda, we're going to be going through a few different things. We're going to talk about AI use cases beyond just text. Again, beyond the typical building emails and doing research. Uh, we're going to get into some prospecting stuff, but it's going to be a little bit beyond just the normal stuff that you typically see. We're going to see some real examples from Morgan Bingram on how he uses AI for content. And I actually have a lot of questions for him around that because I'm sure we've seen bad examples of using AI for content. Um, I'm seeing a lot more AI generated comments on my posts. And so I want to hear how, <laughs> how Morgan does this with a really authentic approach. And then we're going to talk about how to use AI to build pipeline. I'm going to be sharing some real examples. One more thing before we get started, if you guys see the Zoom bar at the bottom, make sure to put all of your questions in the Q&A. If you put them in the chat, they might get lost, but if you put them in the Q&A, we're going to make sure to cover everything by the end of today's show. Um, and so let's get right into it. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Um, Morgan, I want to just kind of start the conversation by asking you, um, like, what are some ways that you're actually using AI beyond like some of the typical text-based stuff? And you talked about content as well, but what are some some use cases that you've seen and you've been using yourself? Yeah. So, uh, What's happening, everybody? So, you know, before I go into this, I don't want to get a pulse check in the room. Um, if you had to look at like content as of right now, whether it's at LinkedIn or it's on any other platform, on a scale of one to five, five being like I post every day, one being like I barely post, if not ever, where are y'all at? Just one to five. I just want to see like who's in the room and like so I can give you context on like how you should look at this because. This might be different for other people. All right, Liam, I know you're active, so what's going on? All right, cool. So uh, let's see. Okay, four. 
All right, we actually have some very active people in the room. Okay, so if if you are one, this actually will help you out a ton, and especially if you've been in sales for a while. But I'm going to share my screen and show y'all what I've been working on, and and I and I what I do by the way is when I do these frameworks, like I'm always looking for more and more frameworks. I'm always seeing like, okay, what can we do to be successful here? So uh, this is just one of the many things. As you see, I have a lot of different things that I do. We don't have time to, yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't have time to go through every single one of these. As you see, I have a lot of frameworks here and I've just taken it from other people, made it better, innovated it, made it my own, et cetera. So let me walk y'all through this one because this is the most applicable for sales people, especially it's applicable for any content creator, but it's especially good for people that are in sales because you can use this as a leverage point. So let's dive deep. So as you see right here, I, I told it to do customer research. Now, as you see right here, I used what my new marker is. I said, hey, outbound is dying. Now, what I mean by that is traditional outbound. I'm not saying it's dead because people can be wrong on this. It's just the way that we go about things is just like not the best way. So this is like my new positioning at the company that I'm doing right now. And so I just said, hey, can you get me 10 frustrations, desires, dreams, and fears of this audience and how they experience these things, right? Because this is what I'm selling. So how how is this applicable for you all? Content is selling. It just lasts longer. So this is all I'm doing. This is just like a sales cycle or if I'm doing discovery, my content should answer pain points for the audience. I'm just doing it a lot of times. So what you want to do is you want to put in, right? What is going on, right? You want to put this right here. Then you want to give it information about the target audience. So this is my audience, chief marketing officers, chief revenue officer, head of content, tech companies, this is what they want to do. Now, again, this is information that you need to go out and get, but you should already, you should pretty much know this information because you're selling on a day-to-day -day basis to set a decision be easier for you. And then it gives us prompt here. And then I tell it to give it some outputs, right? And I tell it to put it in a table. If you followed me before, you know, I tell it to put things in the table. It's easier to consume. And so you'll see right here, it gives me all of this information from frustration to desire, to dream, to fear. And now, as you see, I have a lot of different angles that I now can take, right? So again, I have frustration, desire, dream, fear. I'm able to tackle those accordingly and get the most out of it. And then now uh, I tell it to create a content strategy from here. Uh, I tell it to say, hey, document the things that I just described earlier. This is the North Star of the content. I then tell them what the company's about. So this is what AMP's about right here. So this is just pre-programmed. And then I give it my backstory, like who I am. I give it my bio. It's a little bit more personal. And then I kind of go hard. I tell it like all the things it should know. I mean, this is a this is a pretty massive prop. And then it comes up with all the different things that I can now talk about, right? Damn, on my content ideas. So the thing is, is that I only just really need what it needs to be about. So once I have an understanding of what it needs to be about, I can go right. So this gets me 80% of the way there. It says, okay, what is edutainment and why is the future of B2B marketing? Great. So I could literally create a carousel on that, right? And it literally tells me five more blowing stats about edutainment and how it's an impact on uh, customer engagement. So I literally could go take this. I could go Google it. I could go find stats, create my thing, and now I'm off to the races. The, the reason that I'm doing this is I just want building blocks and a foundation for my success. That's my whole purpose here. I don't want to really do anything else. And so as you see, right, I have 
uh, trusted sales expert, event production mastery, proven event success, right? And then I can continuously go on from here. So I know it's a lot of information, but that's the way that I think about content is I have prompts that get me 80% of the way there. And, and by getting me 80% of the way there, it's easier for me to create the content. You know, if I was a rep and I had this back in the day, like I would be able to create even more content than I even do now. So, and it, and it saves you time. So all I do now is I just go in here and I look at what's the next piece of content I need to create. I don't even have to think about it. I just go in here and say, okay, cool. What do I need to talk about? All right. Three innovative sales strategies that can triple your leads today. I might change that a little bit, but that's what I'm doing. So I'm going to stop talking. People might have questions, but that's the way that I prompt myself to getting content that's relevant for my audience. Yeah, I want to dive into that a, a little bit deeper too. And let us know if you guys have some questions on that. Uh, first thing, I didn't know that ChatGPT could do tables like that, which is, I guess, I don't know how I didn't know that, but that's pretty sick. Uh, the second thing I really want to like dive into a little bit, Morgan, is you mentioned like your whole uh, approach and I guess North Star of your messaging with, with AMP is that outbound is dying, right? And there's a little bit more context that, of course. But I think regardless of whether or not you're creating sales or creating content for, for your company, yourself, or your brand or not, um, if you're doing any sort of outbound, having that kind of core North Star for your company is really important. I feel like a lot of people don't have that, right? Like they know the problem they solve and what they're selling, but they don't have like that core differentiator of what all their messaging is based around. How did you like come to that? And I guess, do you have any advice for people on how they can get super clear on what their North Star is when it comes to outbound messaging and content? Yeah. And just like the kind of the centerpiece of outbound is dying is like, that's kind of what you're aiming towards. So, um, most people, what they solve is what they, what they solve, how they solve things is looking at the painkiller instead of being like the actual antidote. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things that are a lot of the way that we phrase problems are a painkiller. So for example, when I first started selling, I was like, all right, cool. I can help you create more videos or more content. Well, that's like a painkiller Like that's cool, but that doesn't really like solve what I'm looking for. Versus like if you, if your outbound is dying because the way that you're doing traditional outbound is not right and you're doing traditional, we basically say outbound is dying, traditional marketing is ineffective. That's the way that we position things. So if you know your traditional marketing is ineffective, that means you're not getting the top of funnel that you need, which is not good for your pipeline and your revenue. And if your outbound is dying, that means you're not getting any pipeline either and you can't close deals. So that's huge. That's a, that's an antidote. We have to fix that immediately. Otherwise we're not going to be functioning as a business. So that's a, that's a huge trawl. So then now I consider my messaging around that. Now that we know that's the center problem, right? Because now everyone here has to think about like, what is the actual problem you're solving? Is it a painkiller or is it an antidote on how you prescribe it? Because guess what? If I, if it's a painkiller, I don't need to come to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I can go get that over the counter. I don't need you. Yeah. However, if I'm, if I have an antidote, you can only come to me to get the antidote. I'm the only person who has that, right? And so that's how we have to think about selling and that's how we think about our content. Uh, I've been thinking about this for, for the past couple of months, actually. This is like just the way I've been thinking about things. So if you're looking to have the antidote, then you have to figure out how, how can I stage my content to show that we're uniquely positioned to give you the antidote. And there's not a lot of people that have the antidote. They may have like a medicine. They may have like yeah. something like, a you know, they just cooked it up, but we have the antidote. So I want, you, I know that's helpful for y'all. Y'all can let me know, but like, that's how you should think about things when you're selling and creating content is what is like the big problem that like we would require an antidote. And so because that requires an antidote, 
how do I bring the antidote and how do I do that throughout my content? Which is why in these prompts, it's like, what are their dreams? What are their fears? What are their frustrations? All your content is emotionally driven. Uh, you'll notice that these are not logically driven. These are emotionally driven. So by it being a mostly driven, I'm going to have more of a response based on the content and how I sell. And that's how I think about everything. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because I feel like if you ask most people, I've been in this situation as well. Like, for example, when I was at Pandadoc and SDR there, you would ask me like, what, what problem do we solve? What's our North Star kind of differentiator? It's like, well, we help people get documents signed faster. But that's just an antidote, right? To your point, like you have to take it two or three, four levels deeper. Like what happens if you don't get documents signed fast enough, you lose deals, they slip through the cracks, you're missing revenue numbers, and you actually kind of find that differentiator. And I think having that core differentiator and, and do, doing this kind of like brainstorming process of like working through your differentiators and understanding like the emotional fears of your prospects helps you actually truly stand out because everybody has so many competitors right now, especially if you sell SaaS, like everyone's becoming a platform solution and diving into other verticals. And so it's like even more important right now to kind of have that differentiator. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's important for everyone to think about. It's the way that we have started to think about thing is how, do, how are we the antidote? Not just an antidote or a painkiller. It's like, how are we an antidote? How do we layer deeper into that? And your content should position that way. And that's what we're constantly iterating and constantly thinking about the ways that we could do things differently. But that is an example. Yeah. And so if you're, so like a lot of the people who put in like ones and twos in the chat, right? I assume these people are people who maybe post once a month or don't post at all, don't do any sort of content. Do you have any, like, I guess one thing that would be interesting to hear from your perspective, Morgan, just in your experience, uh, how do you, like, I, I guess maybe it's a basic question, but how does content help you with your prospecting? Can you give like specific examples of that and why those people who are ones and twos should try to, you know, implement some of these strategies to put more content out there and, and get more meetings as a result? Yeah. Uh, so when you, when you think about creating the content, it is marketing, right? You are, it's one to many, it's not one to one, but it allows you to see what people resonate with and in the market. So you can speak to that a little bit more, but also as well, it gives you a pulse check of, you know, how could you articulate a pain point and then turn that into a piece of content too. And so when you think about writing or doing a video, it allows you to articulate that point more outside of what you're doing in your sales motion and you just get additional feedback across the board um so that's like the way that that's like the way that i think about things when it comes to content it takes you outside of your box and your selling motion it gets you in a lane where it's like okay here's a problem that we're solving how do i amplify that even more and by it amplifying even more you get more feedback from people to say hey you know this is what we're thinking here's how we're going about etc so that for everyone is just something to think about uh, when you're creating content. It allows you to expand on how you articulate your pain points beyond just your sales call. And yeah, you're getting no, real-time I feedback and you're getting real-time feedback. Like on a sales call, like their feedback is closing the deal. Well, sometimes you don't always get that. So you don't really get, you don't really get to know if you're, what you're saying makes sense or not. Obviously they ghosted you, but you're not getting the real-time right. feedback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like thinking for specific examples for myself, when I'm creating cold emails or coming up with scripts and stuff, you can only really do so much hypothesizing. Like, yeah, you can try to talk to customers and you can right. get ideas of like, what do you think is going to resonate or not? But as you start to kind of build an audience and it's a, it's a long-term strategy, of course, you don't need a huge audience to do anything like this, but asking questions like even like LinkedIn poll, I know people hate on LinkedIn polls, but I use that so much to get like buyer feedback and, and insights. Well, that's the way to do it. Structure my, yeah, structure my messaging. Like you ask simple questions 
Um, like for example, if you're in a competitive market, ask people, hey, what competitor do you use? Get some feedback on like who's the most prevalent competitor or hey, what what sort of call to action would make you most likely to respond? When I first started creating content, um, it was just all about asking questions and getting feedback. And I think a lot of people, particularly on the, you know, obviously LinkedIn's platform are pretty open to giving that feedback and responding and engaging. Yeah. That's been a big thing. Absolutely. They are. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh, Morgan, any anything else to go through on on that sort of like how you create content using AI or any sort of, I guess, creative strategies around that? Yeah. So that was that was one. Uh let's see, I think I, I think this is okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So here's another thing. Like clicks are really important. I think we can all agree with that. Oh yeah. So see, okay. As you see, I have a I have a lot, I have a lot of things that I've done. So I'm trying to go all the way back up because it sets the precedent of what we're doing here. So uh you'll see right here I have like this whole entire thing. Now these are these are prop these are hook examples from all different posts. So there's a post that was like here are the top 100 posts on LinkedIn. So I took the framework of the top 10 posts on the top 100 and then I inserted it into this right here, as you see. Uh, and then it creates posts for you. It creates hooks for you based on what type of posts you put in there. So as you see, I just said, okay, I want to write hooks for X audience. Uh, here's my target audience. Again, this is just an example that has here. Uh, but basically you put the content idea, you put the target audience idea and this, and by the way, it's, it's ambiguous because I just did it as a test, but you could obviously get more right. angular here. Um, so what the main thing is, is I do the content idea, I do the target audience, and then from there, I then look at the hooks, and then I just put sample hooks in here, and it goes all the way down, and then I just put in a post that like, okay, I want to go post something, etc., and then it'll give me different examples of what type of hooks I could be doing. And it gives a lot of different examples. So I like using this as well, because hooks are important, and that's just another way of going about it. So again, you could do it this way, but basically you just say like, auto rank compelling hooks for this audience. You give the, uh, for the ID content idea, I bet the content idea. Then you say, here's this audience and then say, I want to write these hooks. And then here are 11 hooks based on what I've seen. And then you go from there. You don't have to do 11, you can do five, you can do six, but this is just an example. Right. So what you're doing, you're like taking really well-performing hooks and like other pieces of content and then just using ChatGPT to basically synthesize what are the frameworks so that you can apply right. those same ones to your content? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. And I see you talk about doing this for emails as well, where you'll take like the best emails that either, you know, you've sent or you've seen other people send and say like, take this framework so I can write it for my emails, things of that nature. I think that's a really good use case for ChatGPT specifically, even uploading like call transcripts and that sort of stuff, just to actually synthesize what's actually working and using that for your content and messaging. Yeah, and, and the and the and the and the, th and the key thing here is you need to look at it and always say that critique it, critique the email, make sure it gives you feedback, go from there, right? You want to make sure that you're always saying, "Hey, can you critique this? Can you critique this, etc." That's another big piece of this this part of the whole entire thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So, real quick, guys, if you're listening in the audience, um, let us know in the chat if that was helpful for when it comes to the perspective of creating content. And I know. Obviously, creating content, there's there's always like different feedback and objections to that, right? Because people, I, I hear objections like, well, my audience isn't super receptive to content. 
uh, you know, my answer to that would be that there's people consuming content in every single way. It just might not be necessarily on LinkedIn, for example. Maybe it's a community you got to go to. Maybe it's like a Facebook group that you have to go to. For example, like I'm involved in real estate. All the real estate people are not on LinkedIn. They're on Facebook communities. So you got to go there and, you know, create content and find people there. So again, it's all about knowing where your community is. But let me know if this is helpful when it comes to creating content. And Morgan obviously just shared a bunch of good frameworks and prompts. So honestly, I'd recommend just going through the recording and screenshotting some of those prompts because Morgan, you had a ton of stuff to share there. Some of you stuff to digest. Um, hold on. Yeah. But let us know if y'all have questions on that sort of stuff. I'm going to dive into um, another perspective. We're going to kind of shift gears real quick to focus on uh, another kind of creative way of prospecting. So I think Morgan has a lot to share on content. I don't necessarily have as much to share when it comes to uh, creating content and using ChatGPT for that. But one thing I do want to talk about when it comes to creative prospecting using AI, I'm going to share my screen real quick. Um, Morgan, are you seeing my screen? Sales Navigator? I can see it. Okay, sick. So um, as I think most of y'all know, one of the most effective, I guess, buying triggers, if you will, when it comes to uh, prospecting is using job openings, right? So finding people who are hiring for the role that you specifically sell to. And there's a lot of manual methods to do this, but I've been using various AI tools to make this process much more efficient. And so I'm going to go through a couple of the manual methods real quick. And, and for those of you who aren't using open job postings as a buying trigger to make your emails sound more relevant, the reason why it's useful is because in the job description, they usually share a lot of information around uh, you know, company priorities, the technographic data, and just the responsibilities of those people that you're selling to. And you can use that to write really relevant and targeted messaging to your prospects. The issue is if you use free methods, and I know Sales Navigator is not free, but I'm going to assume most people use it, is that if you're trying to find open job positions, you can go on Sales Navigator, for example, and click on hiring on LinkedIn. The issue is you don't actually see the job postings and you don't know what department they're actually hiring in. Uh, similarly, if you go to LinkedIn, and let's say I sell a software for SDRs, I want to find job openings for SDRs. This is great. I can go through here real quick and read the job descriptions, find the decision maker at this company, reach out with relevant messaging, but that takes a lot of time. So first off, put a one in the chat if you guys are using uh, job postings as buying triggers to write relevant messaging. Put a two if you aren't, and this is brand new to you. But these are some of the manual methods, right? And it takes a ton of time. So I've been testing a bunch of different tools. I've invested a lot of money into finding the best tech. And I assume most of the people here don't have thousands of dollars to spend on software to automate this. And so one of my favorite tools for this is called TextAU. And the reason why I like this tool is because it's a two-week free trial. So you guys can all get in there and actually test out uh, the workflow for yourself before deciding if you want to invest in it. And then when you do, it's only 29 bucks a month uh, to pretty much do everything you want to do. And I know 29 bucks a month isn't super cheap. It's a little bit more expensive than like a Netflix subscription, but it's worth the investment if this is something you want to do. And so the way I use TextAU is to actually scrape all of these job postings. I can do up to a thousand at one time and then find those companies and get all the decision makers at once so I can write, reach out with a messaging that looks like, hey, it looks like you're hiring SDRs and then tie that into my value proposition. So the way you do this is you're just going to go into TextAU and they have a bunch of different workflows for things beyond just job postings but you're going to specifically click on job list builder. And so you're going to click use this recipe. 
And now all you're going to do is grab this URL. But a couple of things I like to do is actually find the, uh, the job postings that were in the last 24 hours, because these are the most uh, relevant and top of mind for the people reaching out to. And so you're just going to copy that URL, go into text.au, and then paste in the URL right there, hit run. And just for the sake of time, I'm going to just show you a previous example. But essentially what it's doing now is scraping all of those job postings for you to go once. And so if you go to results, I'm going to show you the process here. I only pulled 90 in this example, but essentially what we have is all the companies, all the job postings all in one place instead of going through and doing it one by one. Um, so now we're halfway there, right? We have a list of companies, but you can't just take these companies and put it into a sequencing software, right? You can't just take them and put it into Apollo. So now what you do is you download the CSV and I've already downloaded it right here. And what we want to do is we want to take all of these companies that we know are hiring for the role we sell to and find the decision makers at them. And so the way I do this quickly is I'll put them into Sales Navigator and find the decision makers. Um, but there's a, a, a pretty quick way to do this. You want to create a Boolean search. So I'll take 10 companies at, as an example. You copy the list of companies go into ChatGPT, and I've already done it here, but I'm going to show you guys just for an example. And essentially what I want to do is take this list of companies, turn it into a Boolean search so I can paste it right into Sales Navigator. So I'll ask, and I do ChatGPT for Boolean searches all the time. It's super helpful, but I'll say, please take the following list of companies and put them into a Boolean search. And then one thing with ChatGPT and uh, Morgan, I'm wondering if you do this too, is like giving it an example of what you want the output to look like. Cause I found that when you give it a couple examples, your outputs are more consistent. Um, so for example, it should look like this company name or company name. And then give it the list of companies. Here is the list of companies. Use my poor spelling. And then hit search. And so now, obviously, you could do this with the whole list of companies, right? You can pull it to a thousand at a time if you want to. Um, you're just going to copy that. And then what I do is I go into Sales Navigator. I go to a lead search. Uh, whoops. I'm going to click on current company. Paste in that list of companies there. And now I have all the prospects at these companies. So now the last thing you're going to do is obviously, obviously just fill in the uh, persona you target. So in my case, let's just say VP of sales. And boom, now you can pull this list. I use Apollo. So you can pull the list of contacts using Apollo, push that right into a campaign. And now I can reach out to people like Andy, Wayne, and Joe here and say, you know, hey, Andy, I see you're hiring SDRs, mention information about the job description, and then tie that into my value proposition with the call to action. So that's one workflow that, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to share on this show has been the most helpful for me in terms of saving time. And again, I have 55 leads here that I can reach out to with targeted messaging, but I can pull up to a thousand job posts at one time. There was literally, I think, uh, yeah, 920 job postings in the last 24 hours. So this is something you can do almost every day. And um, it's been a really, really helpful workflow. And this Boolean search use case with ChatGPT is something I do all the time. Um, but yeah, let me know if that's something helpful. And again, let me know if you guys are using job postings uh, for your prospecting. But that was one that has been a huge help for me. Morgan, I don't know if you've done anything similar. I have not. That's that's crazy. So um, how many, I guess, how many companies can you go through within like a day? Or how do you, what's the process? Like what's the, 
weekly process that you do? Yeah. So I think it, it all depends on volume, right? So like I could pull all 1000 a day and just blast out thousands and thousands of emails. That's probably not the best way to do it. And so it, it, like, <laughs> probably not, probably not. I wouldn't recommend that. But I guess the way I break it down is like, I mean, if we're talking about the full big picture, right? And more, I know you've done things similar, you know, when you were in SDR, it's, it's like, how many meetings do I need to book in a month? And then you need to look at what is your actual email conversion rate? So if I send out a hundred emails, what's my open rate? What's my reply rate based on that? And then what's my booking rate? And the booking rate is how many meetings you book out of that hundred and then kind of do the math backwards to figure out exactly how many of these job postings are going to pull a day. So in my example, um, for example, like with Mailshake, we'd probably do like a hundred of these a week and not do crazy high volume because we still want to be targeted and not just blast the whole market. Right. Yeah. Um, but it just depends on the market you sell to and, and your volume. That makes sense. I like that. I think I think yeah. this I think this is the, the the career and the job posting has always been great. Uh, but you're you're, you're taking that to the next level, which is like the key. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the whole point of AI, right? Just to like you mentioned, uh, get through the eighty percent so you can do the last twenty percent, which is maybe going through and adding a bit more personalization based on those job descriptions. Um, so I see a couple questions in here. Um, uh, one from Ryan, can text you scrape job postings from other sites that are not LinkedIn? Yes, there's a bunch of recipes on there that you can do it with. Um, how do you personalize the message towards these companies depending on the job description? Um, maybe Morgan, you have some thoughts on this as well, but I mean, in my opinion, it's just pull out the things that are important to you. So if like you see in the job description, they're using a competitor write competitive messaging around how you compare to that competitor. It's really just about knowing the things you're looking for. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I'll go ahead, Morgan. No, I mean, you just said it. I, I'm not going to ex expand any more on it. Like, it's just everything is in the job description. It literally tells you what the responsibilities are. Yeah. So all you do is just like use that as a subject line or a body of text and that should get you conversions. Yeah, 100%. Um, cool. Well, we can jump into, again, guys, drop any questions you have in the Q&A. We have a quite, quite a bit here already. Um, but Morgan, anything else to share from your perspective when it comes to content creation with AI or creative prospecting as it relates to AI before we get into Q&A? Uh, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say just starting out, probably one of the best things you can do and, and it, and it might be helpful or not helpful, depending how you set it up. And I'll talk about that in a little minute, but Use chat GPT as a testing ground or AI as a te or testing ground. It doesn't matter what you use. I just like to preface that because if you use AI as a testing ground, it allows you to get some things squared away before you go full tilt and say, hey, I'm going to go send this out to X prospect. Just something else to take in consideration as well. But that's like the last thing that I was going to say before. We I know we have some questions coming in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree. I think um, that's one of the issues as well is like knowing when to stop doing the testing and actually just like either put the content out there or start reaching out to prospects. Uh, I think ChatGPT helps with that because you can actually go back and forth, have a kind of conversation and get feedback. Yeah. Um, but cool. Let's jump into some of these questions. Um, I see one in the chat real quick. I'm going to answer from Steve. Do you ever get threats from LinkedIn to cut you off for using uh, AI automation? In this case, no, because you only get cut off for LinkedIn automation when you're actually doing it on LinkedIn. So when you have an extension that's going through on LinkedIn and doing the automation, that's where you get in trouble. In this case, I'm just grabbing a URL and doing it off platform. So there's there's never really going to be issues with that. Um, that's also that's also weird considering the fact that if y'all seen it, like LinkedIn does have like AI. They're they're starting to integrate AI prompts and suggestions now. I don't know if y'all seen it. Yeah, 
So that 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 is weird. <laughs> That's actually interesting, Morgan, because like the last few times I've gone to create a post, I see that like, hey, here's some like AI suggestions. Have you ever used that, or would you recommend? Absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> but but I would not recommend it at all. Like, I love LinkedIn, so let me preface that before someone's like, wait, then they flip. <laughs> but like, um, they have their own scheduling pool inside of LinkedIn. And that also doesn't schedule as well. So anything that has a content suggestion or something of that nature, I would recommend not to use it. Uh, it's in beta beta, right? Like I would not use it yet unless it proves to be better. But everyone I've talked to has been like, no, this is like not it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's interesting commentary around a lot of tools adding AI just for the sake of having AI on their platform. I'm sure LinkedIn will figure it out eventually, but yeah, I think that's one thing to be wary of is like half the tools that are adding AI. It's just to have AI. It's not really that useful, um, but some of them get it really right. So uh, I'm sure LinkedIn will, will, will figure that piece out. Um, so we have a question here from uh, Oriana. Apologies if I got your name wrong. And Morgan, this is a bit of an open-ended question. So I guess take it how you how you see it. Um, how do you, so the question is, how do you thread it all together? Uh, for example, pivot from one prompt to another with ChatGPT. And I think this is interesting because like when you went through your sc screen share, yeah. you've got rows and rows and rows of ChatGPT. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, okay. Well, thread it all together within one conversation or keep up with the threads that I have to come back to it. Um, Oriana says both. <laughs> that's always that's always i just set myself for that I, I don't know that's kind of uh so in terms of the chat so for every conversation that i have i bookmark it because you're just gonna have too many conversations i mean if i showed you all how many conversations i have it's it's absurd so i just bookmark them and when i bookmark them i just say it's under this category so i never lose it so that's number one gotcha uh, number two is when it comes to threading the conversation, I will, I have other conversations where I try to figure out what is the conclusion of the, of the entirety that I need. What do I mean by that? You have like, um, all these different things that you've done, right? All these different conversation pieces, all these things that you filtered out. The goal, right, uh, at the end of the day is you want to effectively say, hey, look, I've done all these different prompts. I want to bring one prompt together and make it cohesive. So how I thread it together is I use, I get in other conversations and try to figure out the connecting pieces. And then I'm like, okay, this is this one big prompt that can then co condense everything together. So it just over time, you continuously do that as well. So that that's the answer to that question there. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think bookmarking is super helpful. I've been using ChatGPT more. Um, I think one of the most helpful parts about bookmarking is like when you're giving ChatGPT the context of how you want them to think. So like think like an expert copywriter, for example, and you're giving that context. It, like saving that in a bookmark is helpful so that when you go back for content-related reasons, they already have the context of how the AI is thinking. Um, okay, cool. So we got another one from Mike Kennedy here. Um, Morgan, what is your experience of getting false positive anecdotes with chat GBT. So when it comes to false positives, it really comes down to your prompts. Like you'll get, you'll get, uh, you'll get false positives. If you're trying to do like current research, 
So I don't recommend to do current research in ChatGPT because it's only updated to um, September 2021. So you're not going to get up-to-date information. So you're going to get a ton of false positives. However, the more information you give it in a prompt, the less likely you're going to get false positives. So I have I had them before. Yes, that's why I have to tell the AI to remember what I said. I have to tell it to replicate itself, et cetera. However, with stuff like that, with stuff like I just did, it's so it's so concise. The false positive is so low because it's extremely concise. Like the likelihood of failing is extremely low. So that's where that that's where that scenario it comes into play. Gotcha. And we have another question from Mike Kennedy. How long does it take you to prep? And I guess I, I'll add some some more to that question as well, Morgan. Like you showed us a lot in that. How often are you going in and doing that? Is it like a once a month thing? Is that something where like maybe once a week you're doing that and then figuring out your content for the next week? Um, what is like your preparation and time take when it comes to doing these chat GPT prompts and then actually executing on creating the content? Well, the prompts themselves may take a bit, right? Yeah. To get them set up, that might take like a whole, that might take like a whole day, right? Cause I have, I have a lot of the prompts that are out there. There's a lot of prompts out there. Like if you Googled like prompts for X, like you could find so many creators that have just prompts yeah, for free. Like it's not, it's, it's incredible information. The next layer is piecing that together to make it your own. That's where it becomes, where it takes a while. So it might take me a day, like, okay, so for like, oh, I'm just going to share my screen and just give you some context. Yes. Um, so all this right here, besides the workshop, but like actual posters, outbound, yeah, outbound strategy, tweets, content engine, Twitter headline, Twitter thread. Uh, LinkedIn profile updating tips, pros AI prospecting writer and creation lab. I sat down for like two days and just on a weekend and just like went with ham. Gotcha. And yeah. then you use that to then, okay, that makes sense. And right. and I assume that gives you like weeks of content almost because there was exactly. so many different examples. Right. So this, so, so I spend all two days doing that. Yeah. Then, right, the next day, right? I, oh, no, not the next day. So then once I have all this panned out, th this is not, you can do whatever you want. I actually found this to be the best for me. I block off an entire, I mean, some people can't do this, right? So like, I'm just telling you what I do. Like, yeah. this is not, this is not what everyone can do. So I don't want to, people get into tizzy. But I block off an entire day. I have like one to two meetings max. It's typically on the last day of the month. That works for me. This doesn't work for everyone because it's selling you. Obviously, it's not going to work. Or I pick a Friday, right? Where like, there's nothing going on. You can do a Monday, weekend, whatever you do. But I commit to one day and I all I do is create content for the next month. I do it all in one day. I do all the videos. I do all the writing. I do all of this stuff. I have editors on my team now, so it makes things a lot easier. But I literally just create everything that one day and I'm doing it for the entire month. So I find that it's easier for me to do that because I don't like doing things in the moment. I'm not, I'm not good with creating content like on the cuff in the moment, I could do other stuff on the cuff in the moment, not with my content. I need to be very intentional. I need to think about it. I need to be very thoughtful. So yeah. I I do all this and then I'm good to go. But once you have the prompts, you just put stuff in there. Like it doesn't take that long once you do it. The setup is hard. It's just like with anything. Like if you'll see me talk about sales now, I know a couple of women here, you probably see me talk about sales now. It was like, how long does it take you to set it up? Well, yeah, that might take a week or two, but once you have it set up, yeah, you're good. I mean, it's just like with anything, like, how long did it take you to set up my P to PS5? I don't know. It took me like a couple hours. 
But once you have a setup, you click on the system and you play the game. So it, the setup is going to take the hardest. It's going to take the hard. It's the hardest and the longest part. Once you have a setup, I literally just put things in there. So when I need a post, I put it in there. Boom! It spits it out in five seconds, and then we move on. Right? It's not that difficult at that point. It's just the setup that's more difficult. So gotcha. My issue with the PS5 is that I play like once a month, and so when I do go to play, I have to re-download every game. So I have a setup. See, that's why. <laughs> see, that's on you. You gotta see. You gotta have it on auto download. You, yeah, you, I actually even know you could do that. When you, I could do auto, you could do auto update, so it does it in the background. So then, when you get back on it, it's already done. Oh hell yeah, that's dope. So, you know, I just, I'm just helping you out. Let's do this. Let's go. Um, all right, cool. We got a couple more questions. One from Olga. Uh, Olga, excuse me. How yeah. can you apply that to supply chain and not with sales when it comes to tech? So you, I, I just showed you a sales example because that was an example of people I would sell to. But in your case, you want to find. So, I don't know, people who are hiring supply chain managers or supply chain roles. It's the same thing for whatever persona you sell to. People are hiring for every position. So you want to figure out what is the job title that of people that use your product in supply chain and then find those specific job postings, uh, you know, using TechSet you in that example. Um, we got another one from an anonymous attendee. Uh, are there any other AI tools not mentioned in this webinar that you would recommend? Um yeah, any other ones, Morgan? Look, like, okay. Just in general, just like AI tools in general, because like I, there's some dope AI tools, but it has nothing to do with sales. Right? Go for it, man. Yeah, you're like, yo, what are you doing? Okay, so um, this one does have to do with sales, but it's really good. I mentioned it before. And I'm taking a minute because I'm going to pull this up, like, because we're going to ask you how to spell it. So Tone. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, I, I just love this one. It creates... PowerPoints for you like in a couple seconds and it gives you like a really good basis point on uh, what you can do to be or what what you need to do. I, I just I'm really I'm a huge fan of it. So that one huge game changer. Uh you just put in the you just put in like, hey, I want a presentation on this or I want an image around this, and boom, it comes in and gives you just some fire. So that one is I'd say I mean that one's that one's great. Uh I would also recommend mid journey, but I don't know. Canva's coming out with this AI that is going to do almost the same exact thing. So oh, right. uh, I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would be, I'd be on the lookout for that one um, as well. The uh, There's another one that I like, which is Opal. No, not Opal. I'm saying they're honest. Opus? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opus. Okay. So like I said, I have editors, so I don't use this as much. However, I do like using this if we just have so much going on on the production side. And I also like using it for old videos to see like what it comes up with because I wanted to test it. Oh, so uh, which is called it's called Opus. I'm trying to give you on the site. It's not it's not complying with me. It's called Opus Clips. It's like, yeah. Give me two seconds, y'all. I'm gonna give you all the actual site here. <laughs> it's oh, it looks like someone found it. So I found it. All right, Opus.pro. Yeah, Opus.pro. Y'all, that one is that one's crazy. And the thing is, like, if you don't have an editor, if you don't want to pay for one, but you want to get started, and let's say that you were in the Zoom meeting or you've been doing some video podcasts or you've been on podcasts, ask them for the raw file, put it into upload it into YouTube uh, as unlisted, and then use that link and then put it inside of Opus. It'll give you clips and they edit it already. So like, if you just don't care about editing, you're just like, I want to put some content out there. I want to see how it lands. I don't want to pay for an editor. Uh, I would highly recommend that for sure. Um, and then my other favorite is it's a plugin, right? Um, yo, 
The plugin Expedia is a game changer. I booked my entire trip for Portugal in five minutes using it. And it was like the best trip that we've ever been on. Damn. Damn, I'm going to try that. And yeah. use Expedia and actually plug it in. That's Yo, it's wild. So we, uh, Expedia, I use Expedia and then I use the Google Maps plugin. So I literally created a trip in like, it was like five to 10 minutes from, it gave me like what to do in the morning, what to do at lunch, what to do in the evening, where to go out, what drinks I should get at the place, how long it was from the place that we were located. And then, and then what, what I should like be, what, what, what should we wear when we go? Yeah. It was, it was pretty insane. I was like, well, I mean, like, I don't need to know what to wear, but like, appreciate it. Like, it was cool. So yeah, I'm going to start. I mean, look, I'm doing my thing right now, but like, you know, I might change from media production and selling to just booking to literally being a travel agent through AI. Like, <laughs> like it just might be my new thing. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It just was, it was a ton of fun to do, but yeah, those are, those are some examples. Reese, you put in auto clip. I haven't seen this one. I'll check it out. I'm going to send it to my team right now. But uh, yeah, that, those are the ones that I really like that, you know, we didn't really talk about today uh, and that I use outside of just what we're doing. Nice, man. Yeah, I love the I love the vacation example. It's sick. Um, cool. I have one more to share real quick. It's called poise.com. It's like a plugin for public speaking. So if you're doing sales calls, this one's super helpful. It'll tell you when you're speaking too fast or if you're using too many filler words. Um, super dope tool. They have a good free plan too to just really improve your public speaking and actually give you that accountability. Um, awesome. Good stuff, everyone. Thanks for joining. Uh, just to kind of recap, we talked about really the importance of content creation when it comes to sales and just some, like, in my opinion, the biggest barrier is like, how do you get started? And it takes so much time to create content. Morgan kind of broke all of that down super well. Uh, and I would definitely recommend going back through the recording, grabbing some of those prompts and looking at those examples he shared. I shared an example of how you can use a tool called TextAU to scrape a bunch of job postings and reach out with relevant messaging. Uh, Morgan, anything else to add or anywhere you want to point the audience before we jump off? No, I feel like I feel like we gave a lot. Uh, <laughs> if we gave more, I think they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think we gave enough for y'all to start. Sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Cheers, y'all.